Hello, hello, hello. I hope everybody's doing well. Here, we're still doing the uh, COVID crackdown, uh, so I hope everybody's maintaining their sanity. I know uh, I'm trying, although I miss uh, going out to uh, see bands, that's for sure, uh, as I'm sure all of y'all feel the same way. It's painful, painful. Yeah, I know. So, uh, so in the, in the meantime, I will uh, keep uh, doing these podcasts, even though it's not close, even close to being going to a cool concert as a consolation prize. Man, that's not even like a that's not even like a methadone to heroin comparison. <laughs> I mean, that's like maybe sugar, maybe a Kool Aid to heroin comparison for this right here. So. Uh, I will keep doing these because, well, quite honestly, I got nothing else to do uh, with my uh, with my free time. So, uh, so welcome to the Art of Idiocy and my rambling and scrambling here. Uh, here from Scorpion Ranch, Jacoba, Texas. Go out there to Buzzsprout, and uh, I think you can sign up for this. And every time I put these things on, it tells you that I put a new one on or something. I don't know. I probably should be more worried about technology, but hey, <laughs> it's COVID. Don't curve. Don't curve. All right. So today, uh, I, I just started thinking about some of these times uh, when I was younger. When I say younger, like, you know, really younger and drinking. Um, because uh, I actually, you probably know this, I started drinking at a pretty early age. I started drinking at 13. And uh, I remember somebody asked me one time, they said, you started drinking at 13? I was like, yeah, and I would have started it at 12 if I knew how good it made me feel when I was 13. <laughs> and believe me, I know it's not right. I know it's not right. Smoking weed and drinking beer at, at, at an early age. But I was this anxiety-ridden kid, and all I know is that whenever I drank beer and got a little drunk, it made me all the inhibitions and all the anxiety and the worry was all gone. I know now that through therapy and medication, there's better ways of dealing with that than than drinking. But the reality of it is, this is what I did. Uh, it is what happened. Like it better or worse. Think of me what you want, but this is what I did. So I want to tell you a little bit about it. Not from a braggarty way, right? Braggarty. I don't know that's a real word, but it is today. But just more like, hey, here's what happened. All right? And I kind of wrote some of this stuff down because I... I'll honestly, I hadn't thought about it uh, in a long time. So I, uh, I'm going to tell you three uh, stories about my early escapades of drinking. I've got like 3,000 of them, which are pretty sad number. <laughs> That's what it is there. So, but, uh, but I'm going to go through these. So the first one is that um, when, when I went, went to, I went to, to, to like, you know, to, to junior high, high school in this little town called uh, Duncan, Oklahoma. And so when I got in, up into, uh, you know, got into high school, I mean, we started getting cars and everything. And that meant that, you know, and I hate to say this, but that meant that we were drinking and around and driving around and smoking weed around because we had wheels. We could go do that stuff. I'm not saying do it. You should never do that. But that's what we did. So, uh, so the deal is that we actually, and to be honest with you, I don't even know who found this out, but, uh, but there was an outlaw car racing track in between Duncan and this town called Lawton. 
And what outlaw cars are, none of y'all know what it is. It's usually like some guys uh, get together on the weekend. They they make these little small, kind of smaller cars, almost like like bigger badass go-karts, like these little spoilers on the bottom of them. And they actually will race them on these oval dirt tracks or kind of either the either end is sort of kind of pulled up a little bit. It's all dirt. It's all dirt, right? There's a, like a little inside track and there's a few people there but that have this little dirt track there. And so these guys would get together and have these races on weekends. And I don't know who found out about it, but somebody did. So we decided we'd we'd go out there, right? And what that meant is it would drive out there drinking, smoking weed, and we'd get there to this place and we'd sneak in beers and we'd go buy like like a Coke and then just pour it out and then pour the beer into our glass. And there was still a little bit of Coke in it, so it was kind of nasty taste, but we didn't really care anything. But what we'd do is they had these little these little bleachers, like little stadium bleachers, like at a football game, kind of like, but a real small section of them, right, because there weren't a lot of people at this. And we'd go sit there, and what we loved is we would sit on the front row, and the way it would work is that you'd have the front row, and then you would have like about, it was about 10 feet in front of you for people to walk by you. And then in front of that, there was this chicken wire, this little chicken wire between you and the racetrack, this really thin chicken wire. And uh, and so what we'd do is we'd go out there and like, you know, we're drunk and high. And what would happen is these cars would come by and they'd like actually fling some of this dirt and stuff up on you and everything. So if you're high and this has happened, man, you're like, we were like tripping balls. It was awesome. I mean, I, you know, I've heard about, you know, in these, like, I know that my friends went like to bigger towns like Oklahoma City or Tulsa, they would actually, you know, go drop acid and go to the planetarium and watch a laser light show to, you know, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Well, I can tell you this much that uh, what we would do out there is uh, we'd smoke weed, drink beer, and uh, what would happen is that you'd hear the pit crew out there cranking up some Leonard Skinner, some Zeppelin, or Deep Purple. And uh, I got to tell you, uh, I've been to those uh, laser light shows later on, and our outlaw dirt track racing with dirt being thrown up on you where high kicks the shit out of any of those little uh, laser light shows right there. But there's a big reason that it kicked the shit of those laser light shows, and that reason is we could have died. All right. Now, I know that people have had a bad acid trip at one of those laser light shows and probably thought they were going to die. But we could really fucking die at this place. And and you want to know why? And to this day, I can't even believe that we did this, because here's the deal. When those cars would come around that, that oval track during every race, one of them would be either going too fast and fly up over the embankment over and just disappear because I don't know where they went to over there, but they flew in the embankment, or they'd crash and roll over the embankment, or they'd just drive too fast, crash all at one time, and just go flying over the embankment. This is what happened, right? Now, this is the weirdest thing, is that never one time did we ever think that they might crash into where we were sitting. I mean, even right now, I'm like, what the fuck, man? I mean, we thought for some reason that we had this chicken wire in front of us. That was going to stop us. I mean, they call it chicken wire for a reason. It only stops chickens, not outlaw cars. <laughs> it doesn't stop them. So, I mean, to this day, I still can't believe that that we did that. I mean, I shudder, I shudder at our stupidity there. But at the same time, I'm really glad that we did it. 
because, uh, you know, not many people got that sort of experience in their life. And I'm sure a lot of them did to, didn't get to live through it. But uh, but there we, there we are. So that was the outlaw, outlaw racing, drinking as a kid. And uh, the second thing I'm going to tell you about that, what we did is we used to always go because we were we were like an hour from Wichita Falls, Texas, Duncan was. And Wichita, and the way it worked in Oklahoma, it was really weird. Um, in Oklahoma, first of all, the beer was 3.2. It was really light, 3.2. And this is the weirdest thing. And I think it was, uh, it was for a while there, it was 21 to get liquor. And, and, but it was weird. It was 21 to get liquor, but girls could buy beer at 18 because they matured quicker. That's what the law actually said. So, uh, you know, needless to say, whenever I got into high school, I, uh, I met every senior girl I could find <laughs> to help me get beer, no matter who they were or what's going on. And I apologize for that. So, uh, so, so we would always go down to Texas because two things, Texas had six point beer. And also in Texas, you could go to bars, uh, when you're 18. Now, granted I was 15, but that didn't stop us because, here's how it worked back then. I think nowadays, and maybe they're a lot more stringent about letting people in because of, I guess, probably insurance purposes or whatever. But but back then, you found out later on you could almost get into any place. And the way it worked is that in Oklahoma, if you got a ticket, the way it worked is that they would take your driver's license away, give you the ticket. You'd have to pay the ticket. When you paid it, you got your driver's license back. But they never took the ticket. So everybody in Oklahoma had these tickets that would say you were over 18. Now, it didn't matter. There was no picture on it. There was nothing on it. There was zero on it uh, that said it, but that's what you use uh, for, for a fake ID. I know it sounds ridiculous and stupid when I even want to say it out loud. <laughs> it sounds even dumber, but that's what we had, right? And so one time we're going to go down, one of the first times, or I guess the first time I went down to Wichita Falls, we're going to go to a place called Seymour Highway Electric Company, right? So I get this quote-unquote fake ID, which is a ticket, which I'm pretty sure said I was a pregnant black lady, but I took it anyway, right? And uh, and we go down there, and you know, you're kind of worried about showing it up, but man, as soon as you got there, it's like you realize they didn't give a shit, just let you go on in, right? Take it on down there. So we all go down there, Seymour Highway, going there, you know, like badasses thinking we're badasses and we get in there and what do we do? Uh, our badassness, we walk up there and immediately order a blue Hawaiian, right? I mean, I can't think of a more pussy ass drink for us to be drinking, but I mean, we wanted the saddest part. We wanted the most liquor, but we wanted it as sweet as it could be so we could, we could drink it easily. So I get these little drinks, you know, these big curvy glasses, all blue with fruit at the top and, you know, umbrellas and try to look like some sort of badass with that stuff. But we were weenies, we'd drink it and we'd start talking about how good the drink is. I'm even down to the point like, hmm, this fruit tastes so good. Mm, that pineapple tastes awesome. But I mean, that's that's what we do. We just go down there and just get, and everybody just get hammered. It was crazy, but but here's what I want to tell you about the story: is that I went down there one time, and I, like this time I'm down there, and we're 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 just you know I'm, I'm hammered as hell, and I do remember that there was a band playing there, and I remember my drunken stupor. I asked somebody what the name of the band was, and I I I. Don't know what they said, but I do remember them using the phrase, go, yeah, they call themselves the little old band from Texas. 
And I know that ZZ Top called themselves a little old band from Texas, right? But I don't know if, you know, if that really was them, but I don't know. I didn't even pay attention. I think I just kind of mumbled down, okay, whatever, and went back to the bar and curtsied and got another blue Hawaiian right there. But the point is, if ZZ Top ever listens to this, and and it was you, because I don't know if you were at Seymour Highway Electric Company back in 1974-75, um, if... I apologize. I apologize to you for my lack of interest. And I apologize. I, I also apologize to my liver and my manhood for ordering Blue Hawaiians. But more importantly, I apologize to ZZ Top. And so now we're going to go on to the first bar that I ever went to in my whole life. And uh, it was back, remember I said there was that outlaw track between Duncan and Lawton? This was in Lawton. And Lawton was like this. It's like this kind of low-rent, maybe it's better now, but I doubt it, uh, low-rent army town that uh, that was over there. And I was hanging around like a bunch of seniors around that time. And I, you know, I, don't, I was hanging around. I was really wanting to hang around. For some reason, they kind of let me hang around. So they were telling us about, like, they have bars over there. And what would happen is that at the end of, um, the, end of the month, they would say that all the, sa- the soldiers were out of money, so you could almost get in any bar because they wanted some money. So I was like, all right. So they said, let's go over there and let's go to a bar. I was like, okay, cool, man. I'll, I'll, I'll go with this. So, uh, so, you know, uh, we, we drive over there and, you know, and the drive over, I mean, we're, you know, drinking beer and smoking weed and doing what you do right there and, you know, getting along there and we're getting kind of wasted and we, we drive along and we pull up, get to Lawton and we pull up in this parking lot, uh, to this bar and it's called the clown's den. And I can tell you this much, when I looked at myself and uh, these other guys I was with, um, if we actually got into that bar, uh, that would be the actually appropriate name uh, for the bar being the Clown's Den, because uh, that's what we are right there. So, but, but anyway, these guys are pretty brazen. I mean, they're seniors, right? They're, they're, they've been around, they've done stuff, but I'm kind of still freaking a little bit, right? But uh, but we all walk up there, and everybody's got their you know their fake ticket, you know, I black pregnant woman again, uh, getting up there there, and but I'm still a little I'm high, and so I'm a little freaked out, and and they're showing their stuff, and they're getting in, but I'm thinking, man, I don't know if it's going to work for me, and so I get up there, and I give them the ticket, and I'm kind of prepared for the worst, right? And uh, the guy says something to me, and I'm like, excuse me, and he just goes, hey, get your ass inside, you're holding up the line, and with that, at 15 years old. I'm in my first bar, right? In my first bar. But as I look up, as I walk in the bar, I look up, there's a stage there, and there's two naked girls dancing on stage. I'm like, what the hell? And I looked at one of our friends, Dale, that came with me. I'm like, you didn't say it was a strip joint? And I remember he looked at me and he said, would that have made any difference? <laughs> and I was like, nah, I really probably couldn't argue with that point. So here I was at 15 in not only my first bar, but also in my first strip joint. Not an achievement I'm going to brag about to my parents, but, you know, achievement's an achievement, right? Now, in all honesty, by the time I got into that bar, I was pretty fucking drunk and pretty high. And so uh, I just went and sat in a booth with some of these guys that came with us. Some of the guys were up there by the stage, but I was just sitting back there and, you know, got a beer and was just kind of nursing a beer. And, um, you know, that was it. But the one thing I do remember is that these girls, after they got off the stage... They would put on their bra and underwear, 
and then put like a little see-through negligee over them that came about, you know, right down to their butt, and they would walk through the crowd, and they would ask guys to buy them a drink. Now, they were probably asking for some other things, but, you know, I just know what happened to me is that I do remember this one girl walks up, and all the other guys were gone. I'm just sitting there with my little beer and trying to maintain my shit, basically. And uh, she asked me if I'd buy her a drink. And I asked her, what kind of drink? And I don't even know why I even asked her what kind of drink. I mean, what the hell does it matter? It's like I knew I only had 10 bucks in my pocket unless I... You know, it was less than that, and, you know, I could get some credit based off, you know, the few things I had on me, a library card, a roach clip, and a puka shell necklace. I mean, this girl is shit out of luck, man. Uh, but then, uh, but then, you know, she sat there, and she goes, that she said she wanted, when I asked her what, you know, what kind, she said she wanted a champagne cocktail. And I just sat there for a minute, and I remember I had a small amount of clarity, because I remember looking at her, I was thinking, how bad must it be for her to have to ask 15-year-old me to buy her a drink? I mean, at what point in her life did she think she would ever be in this position to ask some acne-riddled guy to buy a champagne cocktail? I mean, what got her to this point? And I think she must have maybe realized something was amiss as she said this, because she said she looked at me and she goes, look. We have to ask for the most expensive drink on the menu. I hope you understand. And with that, she looked at me with this kind of an, you know, empathetic smile, right? I'm empathetic smile. And then she kind of leaned down to me and gets up close to me and whispers to me, and if you don't buy me that drink, I'm going to tell the bouncer that you touch my titty and he's going to bounce your underage ass out of here. And with that, she leaned back and crossed her arms and looked at me. <laughs> I asked, how much was a champagne cocktail? She said $7.50. I whipped out that $10 bill, gave it to her. She looked at me and she said, thanks, I'll keep the change, and walked off. And uh, that was pretty much the uh, extent of my first time in a, uh, in a bar and a strip bar. And, and I can tell you that this much, from that point forward, like I know a lot of guys that like go to strip joints and I find it weird because I've never been the person to really go to those. I mean, I've been for some bachelor parties and some other stuff to go in there to them, right? I've been in there a few times and not many because the few times I've been in there, what I'm always wondering, and this is what always runs through my mind every time as I'm wondering if I'm just one champagne cocktail away from getting my ass thrown out of that place. That's what I'm thinking about. And that's it for my ramblings on underage drinking. Oh, I've got more of them, but uh, that's enough for right now. Enough for uh, to keep the COVID, the COVID cruising along. So uh, that's it, folks. I want to thank y'all all so much for, uh, for indulging me in this sort of crap. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do next time. I usually try to tell you this. Um, but you ought to listen to my other podcast with my friend Dave. Uh, Rock and Teresa, I think you'll like that one. It's also on Bus Sprout, and uh, but otherwise, uh, keep signing up for this one. I thank you so much for doing it. It keeps me off the streets and out of the bars. Actually, COVID's doing that now, but uh, this is as well. So I appreciate it. So until next time, remember it's the art of idiocy. It's at Scorpion Ranch. It's in Chicopa, Texas. It's in your heart. <laughs> All right, that's it. I will see y'all later. <laughs>